Hello, my wonderful friends. Welcome once again to Faith FM Drive Time. Welcome to Big Q&A. This is a show where we respond to difficult questions concerning God, faith, contemporary religion, and the Bible. This is the show where we look at world religious trends in the light of Bible prophecy. G'day, peoples. My name is uh, William Moala. I serve as the pastor here in Adelaide in uh, two churches, Paravista and Gawler SDA Churches in the beautiful city of Adelaide. And it is a pleasure to be joining with you this afternoon here on Drive Time. We are in for a great topic this week, and this week we're looking at as our theme, is the Bible relevant in the third millennium? And especially today, we're looking at the particular question, how did we get the Bible? Which is a pretty, uh, it's a good question that that people are wanting to ask and um, maybe want a few answers around. And so I'm so glad that I'm not in the studio myself this afternoon. I'm joined by a good friend of mine, uh, Eric Hoare. And um, for those regular uh, listeners to Faith FM Drive Time, you know Eric uh, very well. But for those who don't, uh, just want to introduce Eric. Eric actually serves here in the churches here as a Bible worker for, and also part of the uh, team here that uh, heads up the Adelaide Aboriginal Fellowship Ministries alongside uh, Pastor David uh, Fletcher. Uh, so, Eric, uh, good to have you in the studio, my brother. Yeah, thank you. It's great to be here <laughs> with you. I don't see uh, Gary here. I've got a younger person in front of yeah. me today, and I just I just wish Gary all the best. He's on a bit of sick leave at the moment. So, That's right. yeah, so if he's listening, all the best, Gary. Yeah, we want to, yeah. especially um, thoughts and prayers going out to our good friend, uh, Gary, who heads up this team here uh, at Faith FM. Uh, so, we, yeah, thoughts and prayers go out to you, my brother, and if you're listening, uh, hope you get well soon, mate. Um, so um, for those who also are regular viewers, I normally take the Monday uh, slot on uh, with my good friend, uh, Pastor Joseph Maticic, but um, um, he's just um, actually in the middle of taping a whole I guess some set of lectures, like, kind of like uh, Bible presentations. So he's kind of in this studio next door as we speak, and I think he's filming a few things. And um, so he'll be joining us um, uh, back on the team in, a, I think, um, in a couple of months' time. So, um, so uh, you know, we just take orders, isn't that right, Eric? And uh, Gary said, "Hey, my brother, will are you able to?" Um, uh, move shuffle along to Wednesday slot with uh, with Eric and I said of course wherever you guys need me so um so here we are today and uh, you're tuning in today wherever you are in beautiful city of Adelaide um, we just want to wish you a, a welcome and we hope that you get something out of today's program and so um, before we kind of jump into this I the idea um is the Bible relevant in the third millennium and I'm so glad Eric we're going to open up this uh, important topic especially how do we get the Bible um. Just want to run through for our listeners this afternoon and just kind of give you a bit of a, a taste of what's to come as, as those who have tuned in yesterday. We had um, Nick and Helen, our good friends here, part of the Faith FM team. They ran the, uh, they looked at the question, does the Bible matter? And so today we're looking at the question, how did we get the Bible? Tomorrow, our good friends Fabiano and, and David, they'll be looking at the question, can the Bible be trusted? What does archaeology say? It's going to be an interesting one. And later on in the week, on Thursday, we got um, Helen and Hugh, and they're going to be looking at the question, can the Bible be trusted? What did Jesus say? And that's a pretty cool topic as well. And then lastly, on, on Friday, uh, Nick and Tracy, they're going to be looking at the topic, is the Bible still relevant in the early 
third millennium. So the whole topic this whole week, we're going to be looking at various questions related to this uh, idea of the Bible. And I love this topic, Eric, because mm. as you will know, we're both believers here in the studio. The Bible has played um, such a huge role in in knowing who God is and um, um, getting to see this picture of God as 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 we know it today. And so I'm, I'm really looking forward to your thoughts, Eric. And um, you know, I'm be happy to kind of bounce and share with you uh, this afternoon. But before we kind of go off along any further, we're just going to spend a few minutes in this uh, what we call our World Watch segment. And for those who are new to our show, this is a little part of the show where we. Um, look at uh, some current news item on in the world religious scene. But today's news, it's a little bit closer to home. It's actually from our own backyard here in Australia. And, and Eric, I've just pulled up this article from um, from the Adventist Record, which is our church organization's, I guess it's our newsletter as such, that goes all across the country in Australia and across overseas, New Zealand and beyond. And um, the article, which I really wanted to kind of share with you, Eric, and just for our listeners this afternoon, um, the, the article is entitled, Church Members Invited to Gather for Prayer. Now, I just want to read a couple of things from uh, the article that was um, posted uh, just a couple of days ago, January 31. The South Pacific Division of Seventh-day Adventist Church and the SDA Church in Australia are together hosting a special online prayer meeting this Friday evening, February 4th. So that's this Friday night. The meeting has been called to pray for God's guidance over the passage of the Religious Discrimination Bill which was tabled in Parliament by Prime Minister Scott Morrison late last year. The bill has most recently been the focus of inquiries by two separate parliamentary committees, sorry, that's the Parliamentary Joint Committee on Human Rights and the Senate Standing Committee on Legal and Constitutional Affairs. Both committees are due to report back on February 4, with their reports expected to have a significant bearing on the passage of the bill. And... Just to read a little bit more, Eric, the Religious Discrimination Bill has been the subject of ongoing public interest and debate since it was promised by Mr. Morrison in the lead-up to the 2019 federal election. The government has conducted extensive consultation through two public exposure draft processes, receiving about 13,000 written submissions and roundtables involving more than 90 stakeholders from all across key sectors including representatives of the Adventist Church. Um, there's a little bit more to say there, but essentially what the article is, Eric, um, yeah, this this idea of this religious discrimination bill that's um, coming up. Yeah, it's a real shame that uh, we actually have to look at something like this in today's age, that we actually need to have a bill in Parliament to protect the rights of those who worship and follow God. Yeah. Uh, but the world has changed so much that we're being politically correct and the way that um, things have changed so much morally in the world that now there has to be a protection to have a bill that says that, yeah, the church can follow what they believe. Yeah. And, and it's, to me it's a real shame that we even have to go through this yeah. But it's a sign of the times, the way the world's going, and everything's changed. You know, when I yep. was a, um, when I gave my heart to Christ, things were a lot different back then with churches back then than they are today. Uh, and sure. and the and the views of the world have sort of um, made us into a state where we actually talk uh, in the in the uh, in the minority now. And there's a great big swelling that's sort of uh, like a great big bubble, if you like, and we're only a little bit in the centre, those who believe today. There are those I I truly believe that do believe but don't say anything. I think they're the silent majority. The silent majority, majority, yeah. 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 
So um, just a couple more lines on this. Um, it says, church leaders say that the bill is vitally important to ensure Australians are protected from discrimination on the basis of religious belief or activity, just as they are protected against age, sex, race, and disability discrimination. At present, there is very little protection federally, and there are inconsistencies at state level. And then there's another quote here at the end of um, this article here. But, hey, I just saw we, we'd uh, share that with our listeners today. And and uh, if you're a believer and you're listening and tuning in today, um, yeah, this is something that that we as Christian believers are being encouraged to rally together and pray. And I'm so um, thankful that in regards to our particular faith denomination, Eric, uh, the mm. Seventh-day Adventist Church, um, we're really seeing this as a rally to prayer. And so, mm. as you would know, Lindy Sparing, our prayer ministries coordinator here in our conference, a lovely lady, a woman of God, she's kind of, uh, she put out in our conference news this week about um, that our particular area, the South Pacific Division has, um, and the Australian Union Conference, they're holding a special Zoom meeting this Friday night so we can come together to pray for our federal parliamentarians as they consider the passage of the religious discrimination bill. And there's a, there's a Zoom link um, as well. Um, so signs of the times, Eric, mm. and um, who knows what the future holds. I mean, we're living in uncertain times, as you would know it, and, and definitely on the religious front, this is something that um, – that federal parliament are going to be discussing this religious discrimination bill. And so, yeah, I just want to appeal to all of our listeners and particularly for those who, who hold to the Christian faith to just really pray for our national leaders, pray for the decisions that are made and, um, and because it will impact us in one way, shape or another. Yeah. And I think, you know, as we are waiting for Christ to come, you know, I think we're going to see more of these things happening where uh, we're going to lose a lot of our rights and freedoms. We've yeah. already experienced that in such a hurry. And we can see how quickly it changes. You know, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Laws and things yes. change immediately. So that's why I think it's really important with prayer and home life. I think having a strong faith in the home is, you know, is it helps us um, uh, be strengthened by that. And then as we fellowship with other believers, it gives us that strength to endure what comes upon us. But this is the testing time now, I believe, yeah. and it's a time to band together through prayer. And I think this is a real. And Lindy does such a great job. I yeah, mean, she does. Um, <laughs> she's a dynamic woman. I tell, I, I get stuff all the time from her, um, and she keeps reminding me. And then she'll call me in the office. Would you like to do this and that? You know. Yeah. And she's a really strong woman of prayer, and she prays for many other people. So Absolutely. I think we can all have a part in this. Yeah. And that's what she's saying. You know, we can all join in on yeah. this together, and that's what gives a, a great the power to the word yeah you know? amen on that so mm. just wanted to um reiterate gather and pray pray in your obviously if you can jump onto the zoom link with the rest of the church body um this coming friday evening but if not gather in your homes even uh, silently on your own and, and pray for this um discrimination bill religious discrimination bill that's going to be um you know tabled in parliament and uh, so yeah, just want to just uh, encourage uh, all of our listeners just to keep that in your prayer. Mm. Uh, so, so we're just gonna um, before we go to a song, um, Eric, we're just gonna shift gears now. Just like to um, promote our free book offer this week. Our book offer this week is the book entitled "God's Word is Therapy," and uh, it's by Sharon Platt McDonald. Through our life's experiences, God speaks to us. The powerful words that He speaks are recorded in Scripture. 
This book is a collection of powerful words and remarkable accounts of how God's hand has intervened in Sharon's life. I haven't actually read that book yet, um, Eric. And um, But uh, hey, if you're listening today and you'd like a copy of um, God's Word as Therapy by Sharon Platt McDonald, we'd encourage you to, to text SA30, so that's SA30, to the mobile number 0488-880811. Once again, that's text SA30. 30, which is 30, SA30 to 0488-880811. If you text us uh, during the hour, uh, we would love, uh, you will get a reply from the Autobot and uh, punch in your details and we'd be happy to get out a copy free of charge as our gift to you. So with that in mind, we are going to uh, go to a song now. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time. beginning into the darkness the spirit's moving upon the waters you spoke the words let there be light out of the chaos came the promise the universe rose and applauded when you commanded the newborn sun to rise you are the day spring You are the morning star Creation splendor speaks of who you are You are salvation You are the joy of the earth Restoration comes, hope of the broken world darkness, your spirit's moving upon my heart and you speak the words let there be light into my chaos comes your promise the new is rising the old has passed on you are reviving and making all things right you are the day spring You are the morning star Creation splendor speaks of who you are You are salvation You are the joy of the earth Restoration comes, hope of the broken world Restoration. 
Welcome back. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time. Big Q&A with myself, uh, Will, and my good friend and co-host, Eric Hall. So uh, just before the break, we were uh, uh, advertising a free book offer. I just want to do it one more time here just before we dive into our topic today. Um, if you just tuned in, we're offering a free book offer for our listeners uh, for the rest of this week, today and this week. Our book is entitled God's Word is Therapy, and it's a book by Sharon Platt-McDonald, and it's a book about powerful words and remarkable accounts of how God's hand has intervened in Sharon's life. And so I'm, I'm, I'm pretty, I'm guessing it's going to be, I guess, Sharon's personal experiences of how God has impacted her life. And as the title suggests, it's God's word and how the Bible has impacted it. So if you'd like a free copy of God's word as, as therapy, why don't you text us at uh, SA30, which is SA30, to zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. That's SA three zero to zero four double eight double eight zero eight double one. If you text that through, we would love to give you a copy of God's Word is Therapy free of charge. So with that out of the way, um I'd like to welcome you all back uh to Faith FM Drive Time. Uh myself, Pastor Will Mawala, and uh, my co-host is Eric Hoare. If you don't know Eric and if you're not a regular to our Faith FM Drive Time show, um uh, Eric um, is part of the ministry of the Adelaide Aboriginal Fellowship Group here in South Australia, uh, headed up by uh, David Butcher. And so Eric and David are helping out in that very important ministry. And, and uh, we obviously want to say thank you for your ministry, Eric, uh, to uh, our First Nations people. And we thank you for the work that you do for the Lord. And so we're going to shift gears now, Eric. We're going to head into our topic today. Um, so if you've just tuned in, uh, the theme for this whole week started yesterday. It's going to end this Friday. Is is the Bible relevant in the third millennium? But today we're asking the question: How did we get the Bible? And so, I'm going to pass the time to you, Eric. I know you've got a few things you want to share. And so, this idea about the Bible—it's mm. a—it is a question that some people will be asking. Mm. Um, as particularly if they've never even picked up a Bible before, even those who have some type of, I guess, connection with the Bible, maybe they've read it or maybe they've been to church a number of times. So, so yeah, why don't you walk us through, just um, mm. uh, share with our listeners this afternoon about this question, um, how did we get the Bible? Yeah, I think a lot of people uh, have this question, and um, I think not only believers, but I think there's a lot of skeptics out there that think that the Bible is just a made-up book, yeah. uh, and that uh, people are following a fable, and uh, it's all based on feelings, uh, yes. and does God really exist? But you know, I used to be like that before I was a Christian. I I used to, I mean, my dad used to have a Bible in the home, and uh, we very really picked it up. And I think there's probably many Bibles in homes that gather dust. And I picked up, you know. 
Yeah. Um, but the thing is that uh, the Bible, uh, to me and to you, has become so powerful, you know. And way back, um, a lot of people uh, thought that the Bible was passed down orally. In other words, it was tradition and spoken about, uh, just as we get a lot of the Aboriginal uh, stories and traditions and even the yep. Maori uh, ones back in New Zealand as well. And even um, a lot of biblical uh, experts and writers thought that it was passed down orally. And in fact, uh, there was one well-known scholar, a German biblical scholar, who didn't believe that Moses actually wrote uh, the first five books of the Bible, uh, that it was just passed down orally. Um, And... Uh, they didn't think that there was writing materials way back in those times. Right. But it's interesting to see that uh, it was uh, spoken about uh, in Job uh, where he talked about, he said this, um, in Job 19, 23 to 24, it says, Oh, that my words were written, oh, that they were inscribed in a book, that they were engraved on a rock with an iron pen and lead forever. And it's been shown and proved through archaeology that that Job was referring to writing and the material on one which one writes. Writing with an iron pen upon stone and lead is clearly described. And lead's a soft material. It could be inscribed with an iron stylus. And so soft clay was also a material used to write upon, preserving the words of the writer. So way right. back then, way back then, they used to write it down. You know, um, uh, William, Pastor William, I was, I was a printer. I, I was, I did my trade as a printer. Right. And uh, so I'm very familiar with the printing press. And we roll off these huge big machines we had, and they would roll off 40,000 papers an hour. Oh, you know, that many. You could, you could really roll them off. And uh, I had a group of 21 guys there, and we'd all, all be there chatting away and looking after the press. But over the time in which I was a printer, and I did my apprenticeship in Christchurch, New Zealand, um, the fact is that it changed so much in such a short period of time. We used to have these big plates, lead plates, that that had type on them. And to lift them up, you'd have to pick a page up. It was about thirty, about 20 or 30 kilos, oh, right. just, and you'd lug them around. And in my lifetime, that changed so that you could actually pick up a page. You could pick up 10 of them, and they became these thin bits of um, like bent, bent metal, and you could just pick them up, the light... The, it's just changed so much. But right. this started off way back then where they used to just um, have these tablets and write them down. And then, of course, they had the scrolls right. and, and they, they were put down from there. And so the word was passed on down through there. But what amazes me, Pastor William, is that 40 authors wrote the Bible. Yeah. Over 40 authors, wow. which, which is made over a period of 1,500 years. So, you know, you can imagine um, a book being put together over 1,500 <laughs> years, you know, and by 40 people, wow. uh, which is amazing. And they were wrote um, as they were inspired by God. So how did the Bible come about? It tells us, the Bible actually tells us through various texts that we'll look at shortly that it was through men that was inspired by the will of God. Right. And not just your thoughts or our thoughts, but they were put in there. I mean, Paul, for instance, you know, he was a fairly outspoken disciple. Uh, and he probably had many other thoughts, but they're, they're not put in the Bible. He was inspired to talk the way he did and recorded what he did. You know? That's a pretty important topic. Uh, note that you mentioned, um, Eric, because you're saying that the Bible actually claims to be of a, a supernatural, I guess, document, if you want to put it that way. 
Mm. You use the word inspired, inspiration. Yes. And, and, and essentially what you're saying to kind of answer part of the question is firstly, um, to recognize that the Bible that we have today is actually it came from and originated from, uh, from God. Mm. Um, and that's mm. probably part of this, this, I guess, mystery, if you will, because there is the divine element and then there's as also, um, the human element, kind of like this fusion um, to create what we now call the Bible. That's right. And, you know, there are many many texts that talk about yep. this uh, inspiration. And the thing is too, uh, Pastor William, is that um, you can only believe the Bible really if you believe in the author of the Bible because the author is not these writers the author is God yeah. who works through the human race to put this down. So if you don't believe that God is who he is yep. in the first place, I mean, you can give somebody a Bible, but unless they actually believe that there is a son of God, there is a God and there is a Holy Spirit, then you you can bang your head against the wall. But you know what's interesting is that when I started to go to church, I really didn't I guess people go to church for many reasons, but right. one of the reasons I went was um, that something caught my interest in the Bible that was just a small fragment. But as I went and heard the Word and read the Word, that changes us. Yeah, it does. Um, so what it means is is that the, the Bible is powerful, that you may not necessarily believe it. So my, my thought is to with Bibles and with anything, and this little booklet you're giving out today changes people's lives. And that's what we're talking about here is that the Bible is so amazing, yeah. so powerful. It's different from any other book. You can get your bestsellers today, you know, your Harry Potters, <laughs> and that's all caught up today. And that's one of the bestsellers, but the Bible is still one of the bestsellers today. Yeah. And do you know what the most stolen book in the world is? The one that they've, they've done a study and found the most stolen book around the world is the Bible. Wow. Funny enough, <laughs> because often a Bible is left in a, a hotel room or where, yep. and often people will just yep. pick it up and take it. But it's interesting that, that the Bible is still, you know, that way around. But there are many facts about the Bible, which is absolutely amazing. No, the Bible has 39 books in the Old Testament, 27 books in the New. And some people say, well, the Old Testament's done away with, you know, the, the Bible. We should just have the New Testament. Right. But, you know, there's more books in the Bible of the Old Testament, and when you read it and believe in it, you can see that the Old Testament points to the New, and the New points back to the Old. So there's like a, I guess, like a cohesion, a, a unity uh, within that. And I think it's also important to note, because you mentioned that it's written by some 40-odd authors, 40, yep. 45 authors out of mm. over 1,500 years, Eric. Mm. And it's important to note that when we think of the Bible as such that we have today, in many respects, it looks like one book because we're holding just one book. Like we got one book, one book, we got our Bibles here in the studio, yes. but it's actually a collection of books. There's, it's a, it's a collection of, as you said, 66 sub books mm. joined together for convenience, as it were, yes. <laughs> to have what we now call the Bible. So it's actually a collection of books. And as you were saying, Eric, uh, by various authors over, uh, a span of some fifteen hundred odd years, so that that's pretty. That's that's amazing. And and the amazing thing is that that makes it even more amazing. That is that those who write the Bible lived at, lived at different times. 
Yeah. And which is amazing. Some separated by hundreds of years. And in many cases, they were complete strangers to one another. They didn't know each other. And some Bible writers were, you know, like traders, um, shepherds, fishermen, soldiers, physicians. You know, there's even a, a part in the Bible written in, in Daniel chapter four by Nebuchadnezzar, which is, is actually his own words written in the Bible. It's the only chapter in the Bible that's been put in from a heathen in the whole Bible, which is absolutely amazing. And um, uh, some Bibles, uh, some of them too, were um, preachers and kings uh, from all walks of life. They served under different governments and lived within contrasting cultures and systems of philosophy. And yet the wonder of it all is that there is perfect harmony in the message from all these writers over hundreds of years over people that didn't know one another who were either given visions uh, who spoke by the will of God who saw prophecy Uh, absolutely amazing it's it's unless you unless you really study (laughs) the Bible uh, to to have that power there that changes your life yeah I mean, the, the thing that caught me was Nebuchadnezzar, you know, the, the, the story of the statue. When I, when I saw the history, I mean, that to me was a, a real solid thing in my life, which says, hey, the Bible's true because the prophecies are true, and, and that's the whole history of the world, you know. Um, so the Bible writers gave God's message by voice and pen while they lived. And when they died, their writings lived after them. And these prophetic messages were then gathered together under God's leading book, what we call the Bible. Do you know what the Bible means? Do you know what actually the word Bible means? What's it mean, (laughs) I know this one, so I'll let you know. It's actually, it means scroll. Okay. That's all it moves. The Bible just means a scroll. Right. And you're right, those books were put together, but back then too, they didn't actually have... um, um, chapters. Chapters and verses. They didn't yep. have verses. So that was then added in to, so that we could understand so we it better. But, and sometimes they did get a little wrong. Uh, one of the, well, didn't get it wrong, but one of them says some, some translations today, you know, when the thief was on the cross and, and Jesus said, today I say to you, you'll be of me in paradise, you know. Depends where you put the, the, post, the comma, the comma yep. after that. And we understand that. But, you know, it's, it's an incredible feat that, and the Bible work in harmony with all these things. So the writers were inspired by God. Yeah. Eric, can, would it be correct to say, because we're looking at the question, um, how did we get the Bible? And I think probably to explore the nuances and the historical way in which the documents came together to what we now call the Bible. And I think that's probably a, a discipline that, that you know, scholars will spend their whole life on yeah. manuscripts. You know, look at the New Testament. You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, and mm. the Pauline letters of the New Testament. I guess when we go down that role, that that is a fascinating, I guess, journey of discovery, and that's something I'm really passionate about and wanting to learn because there's always um, more to learn in that realm. But could could we just kind of get? Would it be safe to say? And I don't want to be too simplistic in this answer because the question we're asking is how do we get the Bible? Can we say we got the Bible, God gave us the Bible? Uh, and the reason I say that, uh, Eric, because you're, you're quoting First uh, Peter where Peter says, you know, um, you know, the Holy, uh, the Holy Spirit spoke through men as they were, sorry, 
holy men of God spoke as they were moved by the Holy Spirit. So in 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 essence, it was the Holy Spirit uh, that actually inspired the biblical writers to write what we now would call the Bible. So do you think that's a fair assessment to say how do we get the Bible? I, I don't want to be too yeah. simplistic. Yeah, well, the Bible says that. I mean, you know, yeah. the Bible has its own answers. Because I guess why I'm yeah. saying that, Eric, sorry to yeah. kind of... Yeah, that's fine. I guess, like, if I met someone on the street and they go, well, how do we get the Bible? Yeah. I mean, I'm, if you're thinking on the spot, you can kind of go, well, do I want to go the intellectual route and explain, you know, mm. dates and, you know, and, and you can go there or can you just, let's say you've had three minutes with some guy... Uh, at a coffee shop or whatever shop, and you can say, "Hey, the simple answer is God gave it to us," mm. and then you can explain, you know, yeah. a couple of these key references in Scripture. Mm. And then what I would probably do is I probably gauge whether they're open to that. Mm. And like you said earlier, you said it a few minutes ago, Eric. You said that you know, unless you believe in this supernatural being called God, mm. there is that one must come to the Scriptures with that type of openness to explore the possibility of a divine entity called God. Um, so am I on the right track? Is that yeah. what you're saying or yep. you're thinking? Or, or? Yep. Well, I, I would be the same. I, I mean, I'd quote probably Second Timothy 3.16 where it ah, says, yes. all scripture is breathed out by God and, yes. and proper for teaching, reproof, for correction and patronian righteousness. So like, the Bible is a, is a roadmap in life. Yeah. Uh, it has been designed by God to lead us into an, a realm of the Best thing for us, whether it's health, whether it's money, because it talks also about money, whatever the, the direction is, it's like a GPS that, that leads you right <laughs> through. But nice. it's breathed out by God and, and it's profitable to us. And where we go wrong is when we ignore what the Bible, what God is telling us. He's yeah. left us here for us, uh, in a way that we can all have it. And, um, you know, and, it says in First Corinthians two thirteen, for instance, and we impart this in words not taught by human wisdom, right? Not taught with our wisdom. And the problem is that we can take the Bible, and we can try and put in our interpretation of human wisdom. And you know, uh, and to be quite honest with you, Pastor William, I just used to read the King James all the time, and, and I didn't understand it. I uh, when I, yeah. I, I was a new <laughs> believer, and then I read some other translations, a new King James, and uh, the you know. Uh, New England English version and that and I, I understand it a little bit better and it sort of added to the realm on this. Uh, and so uh, God imparts his word, it is taught by the Spirit, it is brought it to us by the Holy Spirit right. through the power. You know what I, I really believe, Pastor I I say that Jesus came to earth um not only to give us eternal life, but to show us he showed us the way through his life. He was the living word. Right. And I think that if we didn't have him here, uh, we would understand the Bible in perhaps a little bit of a different way because we can see the, by the way he treated those who, who the religious world treated badly, he was the living word bringing to life the words in the Bible. Right. Which, which to me, would shock me because if I was a religious person those days, I, and even today, maybe we've got a little bit of a different idea yeah. of God. Maybe, and, and I'm sure that's true. We don't know everything, yeah. and nobody knows anything. But through His life, we saw it in action, and that thrills me when I read about yeah. the, about His life and about the parables yes, and the yes, true yes, meanings. Yes. 
to me, the scriptures come to life. And if Jesus hadn't come here, we would have not had that. He brought us the spirit of the law. You know, somebody commits adultery, back then you stone them. But he stopped and defended a woman. He showed us the spirit of God, the grace. Yeah, and just to add on to what you're saying, Eric, and I totally agree, um, it's almost as if, like the Gospel of John says, you know, the Word became flesh mm. uh, in talking about Jesus. So you've got the written Word, which is the Bible, as we said, and what you're saying is, in a sense, Jesus was the living Word. He was the living, living, breathing, I guess, manifestation, if you want to call it that, um, of 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 God. Um, can I just backtrack a few moments? Because I'm just... I know there may be a listener that's listening today, Eric, and yep. we've been mentioning this idea of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, mm. you know, inspiring the Bible writers. Just want to kind of throw it out there and just kind of um, mention when we talk about the Holy Spirit, it's our understanding, Eric, that the Holy Spirit is, you know, he is the third, as we would call it, the third person of the Godhead. So you've yes. got God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. So if it's the Holy Spirit that actually um, inspired these biblical writers to write the Bible, then we can say it's... It's actually God through the person of the Holy Spirit. So again, coming back to God, how did we get it? It was God that actually gave us the Bible. How did he do it? He he uh, tapped certain men and women on, on, on the shoulders and, and they may not necessarily have you know, realize that the things they were penning down would uh, would ultimately become part of the scriptures. So just wanted to kind of let our listeners yeah. know that, um, yeah, we're talking, uh, when we're talking about the Holy Spirit, we're talking about... Um, very much about the very person of God, you know. Well, the God, you know, the Godhead is the three. They're, they're all God. The Holy Spirit is a God. Yeah. God is a God. And then you've got Jesus Christ. He's a God as well. Right. It's part of a family. Like my last name, a shocking name, but it's Hoare, my last <laughs> name. <laughs> Terrible last name, which, no, uh, nothing wrong which with my that. daughter didn't like <laughs> and my wife doesn't like, you know. But the thing is, is that we're part of a family. Right. And... What it's saying here is is that the three, these three are inseparable. They think this, that everything is the same. It, it's it, it, We can't understand really who God is. He's been there from the beginning. Uh, and it says that the Holy Spirit hovered over the waters. He was there. And then Jesus Christ was there because yes. he created the world through the Father. So that shows the three of them there. And when the dove came down to to Jesus when he was baptized and I spoke from for heaven, we have the three yeah, there as well. You have the three there. So what it says to me is is that the power and the understanding and the word was the three of them in unison given by God. You know? And yeah. I think that's important because um man was inspired. Inspiration came to them from the word of God. And that's what we've got to understand. Yeah. The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit the yeah. same. And you, you mentioned that classic passage on this discussion, that beautiful passage in Second Timothy chapter three, verse sixteen, where you said where the text says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Is there's that word again? Mm-hmm. And I just want to let our listeners know that the Bible as as we understand it, Eric, it's not just any other book. It it no. it's actually claiming something. It's claiming to have its origins from a supernatural being and uh, called God. And so I remember listening to a, 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 a colleague, a, a, another um, preacher, and he was he kind of set up the topic by saying, Eric, if you went into a library and then you said, if you put all the books on your left that claim to be divinely inspired or from some supernatural source, and then all the books that, that don't on your left and the ones that do on your right, he said pretty much you'd have 99.9999% 
of the books in that library on the left side. Don't claim to be inspired or any of that. Whereas there'll probably be one or maybe even two um, um, documents. And that's what the Bible's claiming. Mm. And so when we're asking the question tonight, um, um, Eric, how did we get the Bible? Um, yeah, we have to kind of um, unpack this notion of God. Mm. And it was from him. It's a revelation of God to us. Um, well, Jeremiah one nine says, Then the Lord put out his hand and touched my mouth, and the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. You know, oh. like there's no... Um, the humanness that we have is a sinful nature, uh, a sinful way. But God is... Um, a, a Jesus never sinned. We're, we're talking here about... Uh, something that's lasted the test of time. And the words that are in the Bible are full of so much wisdom, so much goodness, so much yeah. mercy and grace that it survived time because it changes people's hearts and minds as they read the Scripture. Yeah. And this is a power. That's why it's here with us. The Holy Spirit came because Jesus had to go away that the Holy Spirit could reach the whole world. Amen. Well, hey, Eric, um, I'm going to have to just... Just stop you right there just for a little tick, mate, before we uh, go to our, our, our break. Um, I'm loving the conversation, but just have to quickly um, uh, advertise our free book offer, uh, book offer, sorry, before we um, head into our song. God's Word is Therapy. We'd love to give our viewers the opportunity to receive this free a book that's um, along the lines of what we're talking about this week, God's Word is Therapy by Sharon Platt-McDonald. And Sharon, in this book, she shares her own remarkable accounts of how God's hand has intervened in her life. And so if you'd like a free copy, please text SA30 to the phone number of 0488-880-811. Once again, if you'd like to receive that copy, it's uh, text SA30 to 0488-880-811. We're going to go to a song now, and the song is Open My Eyes by James David Carter. You're listening to Faith FM Drive Time.
James David Carter with the beautiful song Open My Eyes. Welcome back to Faith FM Drive Time uh, Big Q&A. My name is Will Nawala and I'm um, the pastor here of two churches here in Adelaide, Paravista and Gawler SDA churches. And my good friend in the studio, we're doing this. We are doing this today for the first time as uh, as a team. Sorry about that. The mic just got, just got jammed a little bit. So, so Eric, uh, just before the break, we were looking about this uh, this idea about uh, the Bible. We've been looking at some scriptural references uh, in Timothy and in Peter, talking about the inspiration of the Bible. So, yeah, just um, walk us through again. Um, we're looking at that question, how do we get the Bible? Yep. Well, um, it's interesting uh, when Second uh, Peter one twenty one uh, says this. He says, uh, "No prophecy was ever made by an act of human will, but men moved by the Holy Spirit spoke yeah. to God." So God gives the um, the direction to the Holy Spirit, and He brings us a message. Just as Jesus yes. said, "Me and the Father are one." He was there to represent the Father, to show who the Father was like. And so there's no inconsistency here. And when these were given to all these men, different uh, different times who didn't know one another, and yet when you look at the Gospels and you read something, yeah. you get something from one that's a bit different to the others, but it's the same theme through it. It's like watching a car accident. That's the way I see it. You'll get the, all the witnesses, <laughs> yeah. but they all seem different things. Yeah. I've been in a courtroom and I've heard these witnesses speak and someone will bring in a, an extra detail. Well, that to me is what the Bible is like as it describes. It through there, and this word here about um, being moved—it's interesting. It uh, being moved by the Holy Spirit. The word "moved" in this verse is also used in Acts twenty-seven fifteen to describe the way a great storm blew the Apostle Paul's ship off course across the Mediterranean. The people on board could spend the time as they chose, but the storm determined their destination. They had no control over the ship. They were bailing out water, probably, right. and all sorts of things. God guided the writers of the scriptures to produce exactly the message he wanted. That ship went where they had no control over it. And this is what happened to the men. They were directed to write this down by the word of God. And the interesting thing to me is that the Bible says that we shouldn't add to it nor right. take it away. Uh, you know what the, the center verse, the exact center of the Bible is? You know what verse is actually in the middle of the Bible? And it's found in Psalms 118.8. That's the center of the Bible, 118. What's it say, Gary? It says, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Wow. That is the central verse of the Bible. And and I think if we took that into our lives as a central theme, to trust the Lord, no matter what, it may seem difficult, it may seem hard giving some things up, but because you love the Lord, you do it and you follow him, you are you you have this um, path in life that God has set a path before your feet. Right. He's lit it up and you follow that path. That You're introducing that that verse, um, Eric, talking about trust. Mm. And I guess that's probably the flow on question from tonight is mm. we're asking how did we get it? Mm. And probably perhaps the next question is why? Mm. Why did God want us to have this thing that we call the Bible? And I think you're touching on a very uh, relevant, um, uh, I guess, thought to consider is that this divine being called God actually, in a sense, wants to have a relationship with mm. with humanity. Yeah, but he's a creator, you know I mean? Yeah. You know, he's produced when you when you make it your own. You know, like if you buy something and somebody out like this desk and we're sitting here on beautiful desk, somebody else has made it. You think, oh, it's just a desk. But if you make it, 
Hey, it's something special. Yeah. And, you know, this is the whole key is that God loves us so much that, that He's given us this Bible to, to, to have a, a, a still carry on that yes. relationship with Him. So when we read the Bible, when we pray to God, you know, these are the things here that, that brings us closer to God. You know, the shortest verse in the Bible, as you know, is John eleven thirteen that Jesus wept. And so Jesus cried over his people, and that's the shortest uh, the verse in the Bible. And, and that to me is amazing that God loves us so much that he would He would cry of us, he'd give us his life yeah. for us. But also he came to the earth, I believe, very strongly as I've read it, is to actually show us what the Bible really meant in a living form that when he came, that we would understand the words of the Bible through looking at yeah. Jesus. And, you know, I, I've, um, I think sometimes in our life, and I'm sure you're the same, we, sometimes we feel far away from God. Mm. Something happens in our life that's, that, that throws us off the, off, the, off the path, the narrow path. But the thing is, is that um, when, G, when we look at Christ and we get back into tune with him, he is the direction, he is the one that, that uh, leads us through all these things. And through the living word, it reveals him, the Father, and the Holy Spirit, the three, which is so important. You know, one of the big things is um, we haven't talked about much tonight, and I guess archaeology, when they talk about that, talks about the Dead Sea Scrolls that they were given. Uh, and they were discovered between 1947 and 1956 in right. 11 caves uh, on the northwestern shores of the Dead Sea. And they were approximately 2,000 years old, you know. And that gives us the confidence. You know, this was written down and handed down. But we have that today. Right. We have that today. How, so adding to the, I guess, the validity, validity and the credibility of, of the scriptures. Um, so we've got about five or so minutes left, um, Eric. Um, I'm kind of sitting on my end of um, the table here and loving what you're sharing. But I think a couple of words that kind of come out to me is this idea of inspiration, you know. Um, all scriptures given by inspiration of God. And I just... I just wanna, I just wanna, if there's our listeners out there today, just kind of grappling or even maybe some, maybe a little bit of even skeptical about, you know, is this Bible truly what it claims to be? I just wanna kind of throw that idea out that the Bible claims something that other documents, many documents don't. And it's idea of, of being divinely inspired. And I think if, I think if our listeners can just wrestle with that, hey, could it be possible that there is a the book that that I have or the book that I know called the Bible that it's not just some just total human uh, invention? Mm. It wasn't just some you know some some old grey haired bearded folks in the middle of first century Palestine and just kind of say, hey, I'm just going to write something and see what happens. No, as you've been articulating, Eric, it is very much uh, inspired by God, and I think that is a huge. I think uh concept for many of our listeners to wrap their heads around. Mm. And if they would take that next step yes. um, to, to kind of explore what is entailed in this beautiful book that you and I have come to love called the Bible. And I think the big thing is too, is if somebody is starting out to um, to look at the Bible and, and um, to think more with what's happening in the world today, hey, maybe I should read this. The thing is, is to start off just by uh, start off on a little study, and we have them here. If anybody right. wants to come to the confer conference office in Prospect Road, we have these little simple Bible studies on who God is and how to know God. Because I think you've got to understand 
who God is and know God yes. before you get into some of the deeper stuff. Yeah. But the thing is, is that the Bible given to us way back then is so powerful, uh, changing your life, that um, the way it's been structured is that this inspiration given to these uh, these folks can only have come from God because the words of wisdom that it produces and the story of Jesus' life, which is backed up by archaeology findings, uh, by the Dead Sea Scroll findings and yeah. various findings, bring it all that, that this is true, you know. And so I would say to people t- tonight that there is some, that, that this is an inspired book, that this is different from just something that you yeah. pick up in the library yeah. uh, to read uh, and and when you study the um, the uh, the different revelations of Jesus Christ and the way of the parables yeah. which bring out these hidden meetings and talks about how we should treat one another yes it's so different to what you're being thrown yeah. at today. It's a it's a get 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 today. You know, we have a coronavirus. Everybody goes and buys all the toilet paper or whatever. You know, the, the Bible says totally different to that. It says to to look after your fellow man. And, and if if you follow that philosophy, um, but the thing is, you've got to know Christ, and you will know Him through the Word, through prayer. And, and, and to go to and listen to the word as well. There's yeah. three ways of, of, of picking that up. But, um, but the whole thing is that when it, when you read it and, and listen to it and, and it changes your life, uh, it takes you out of that dark place in the world and it sets you on an inspired way to follow him. Yeah. And the closer we come yeah. to him, we should reflect that to others. And Christ did that. Yeah. He, he stood apart, criticized for it and down for it and lost his life for it. So we too follow Christ. We become more like yeah. him. Can That's I ask you uh, more of a personal question, Eric? And yeah. we, haven't, we haven't scripted this question, but just kind of you, you're talking about how the, the word of God changes lives. And, and I'm, I'm assuming and guessing and probably um, that the Bible actually was a, a part in your journey as well. Oh, for um, sure. You know, like I, I, uh, I was pretty selfish, and I probably still am in many ways. But the thing is that um, through a series of events which were miraculous, and that's when you start on the journey, you don't know where you're going to end up. Right. I never thought I'd be in Australia talking to you tonight, right. uh, you know, and all these sort of things. But when it when it changes your life from where you you are. Um, it, it changes your mindset. Um, it gives you a different thought pattern right. that you don't want to be part of a world that treats people the way it's being treated today. It starts you on a journey of looking after your family. You know, I found the greatest joy is helping others rather than yourself. And that Beautiful. is the key. And that's what Jesus is telling us is that when you pick up the Bible and read it, when you start that journey, mm. you give up the things that hinder you that you don't realize were you before because the Bible says you're like you're in a dark place you can't see the light but when you read the Bible the light comes into your mind and then you suddenly see it and you follow that and you change inside out you don't change because you're looking sometimes to change it changes you without that's what the word does and that's powerful same for you I'm sure yeah and um yeah it definitely has when I came to faith when I was 24 years old. Um, yeah, definitely the, you know, um, a fellow by the name of Dominic Racino. He's, um, the elder of my home church in Sydney, Concord Seventh Adventist Church. And, and he played a huge role. And I think to kind of just touch on these two elements before we kind of wrap up, 
you know, you, we were mentioning earlier that, that we have the written word, and then there's Jesus was the living word. Mm. And I think from my personal experience when um, Dominic was sharing the Bible with me as a young 23, 24-year-old, um, I not only had the written word, which is what he was teaching and sharing, like very much what we're talking about tonight, I was being taught that as well. But even more, I think, was an impact, Eric, was he was a living mm. expression, if you will. Yeah. And I could still remember as a 23, 24-year-old going to his house for Bible studies and um, met you know, his lovely wife, Christy, and they had two younger children at that time. They're in their 20s now. But there was a, a very strong sense that, that these, this family knew God. And at a, in an age where I was kind of like, um, you know, kind of like a fork in the road, I was just thinking, you know, um, what to do with my life. Um, having that visual, I guess, witness mm. of the power of God in a family's life. I remember leaving those Bible studies saying, you know, whatever, whatever that man has, I want that. And, mm. and he had God and he had the Bible. Well, the amazing thing is, and it's true, I, I fully understand. And the amazing thing is when you look back at the Bible writers who are fishermen and, you know, Whatever they were, they were rough diamonds. God didn't pick uh, those around him, yeah. <laughs> the elite. He picked these ones who penned through through them, through the roughness. He penned into their minds the will of God, the inspiration, the words to write down the yeah. thought pattern. He changed their thought patterns, you know. And that's an inspiration when you meet that there is hope. Yeah. There is hope that anybody can turn to Christ. Amen. Anybody can pick that's up the right. Bible. It's free for all. That's right. And that's the journey we've yeah. all got to take. 